This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to the campaign after the campaign. This is not another D&D podcast. Welcome back to Bohemia, everyone. Bohemia. New one. I'm your dungeon master, Brian Murphy, joined by Jake Hurwitz. Hard one, surefoot. Emily Axford. Moonshine, Sabin, chef both to and of rodents. <laughs> and Caldwell Tanner. <laughs> Beverly Togold the Fifth, the bad lad with a lot of dads. Ooh, yeah. Very good. Uh-huh. It's a long drive, y'all. I can't stress enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you do cook for Papa, right? Yeah, yeah. Papa's a rodent. There and I go. cook for him. What yeah. do you cook for him? Like little little Other insect rodents. treats? Oh. No. He's a... I cook I cook mostly seafood. Mm, we we follow mm. a pretty Mediterranean diet down at the crib. That's cool. Good for our hearts. A lot of hummus. Yeah. Papa's <laughs> cholesterol is amazing. When he goes for his when his goes for his general uh checkups. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do a little recap. So last week, you guys investigated the death of Gemma Bronzebeard. You began by examining the knife and confirming that it was made by the Vinral family. You then snuck into Vinral's gems and geodes and ambushed Morin Vinral in his workshop. <laughs> Morin used his geomantic powers to hide in the wall for a while, but eventually you were able to get him out and intimidate him into giving you information. This just sounds like you guys are bullies right now, but uh, Morin's not a great guy we were a bit emotional last episode <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to lose a loved one yeah it's hard to see a loved one lose a loved one morin informed you that important clients with a legal business often sent dwarfin messengers to buy weapons anonymously uh you then stopped by the fox and the thrush a tavern where you were supposed to meet Jaina bronzebeard to get her read on the situation but it was getting late and she had yet to show up so you left balnor and pawpaw to wait for her meanwhile the three of you headed to the frost wind slums an area known as frostbite 
There, you encountered the Frostwind Dwarfenage, where you fed some hungry dwarfins, then gave them some money and some much-needed playtime. Katya, the oldest, informed you that when their caregivers died, a lot of the kids uh, had moved out and begun living in an abandoned chapel in the cemetery. There, they've been taking on odd jobs for unsavory individuals and working for someone called The Boss. She also informed you that her brother Joris was one of these kids and that he occasionally came back to the Dwarfenage to give them money. You said your goodbyes to Katya and the Dwarfins and headed to the cemetery where Hard One was quickly discovered by the rude and <laughs> rowdy teens. Come at me. <laughs> Rather than be intimidated, Hard One simply scooped a teen and started running. <laughs> Moonshine followed suit and grabbed another one. But when Beverly tried to... mindless sc- follower. <laughs> <laughs> scoop the child. Okay. Follow me. You All say right. scoop, I say which teen. <laughs> But when Beverly tried to scoop the third teen, he was grappled and quickly surrounded. Beverly, quick to act, launched Operation Rad Lad and pretended to be another bad teen who was owed money by the kid that he was fighting. Beverly kicked the kid's ass. Yeah but then used lay hands to heal him up. This greatly impressed the mean teens who quickly fetched their leader, Ruskak, a Rufio type, and informed him <laughs> that Beverly had the touch. Ruskak informed Bev that they worked for hell and for ill said, and then led him into the chapel to meet the boss. Cool. Meanwhile, hiding behind some headstones, Moonshine and Hard One were were still grappling their mean teens. One of them informed you that Beverly was being led down into the crypts and then mentioned that Joris would make them pay for attacking them because he, quote, just did a big job and he's about to be inducted. And that's where we are now. Ooh, from green teen to mean teen. Let's see how far we've come. The car ride is long, but the rhymes are good. (laughs) Okay, so Hard One and Moonshine, you guys are still off to the side here. You do see this group of teens and this Rufio type, this Ruskat kid, who you you don't even know his name because you guys haven't been introduced to him, but he does have this skull mask and this big hooked sword, takes Beverly into the chapel. Do you guys do anything or are you guys hanging back? Uh, I would like to real quick first uh, grab a handful of grave berries. And what berries? Grave berries. You know, the kind of berries that grow from the corpses, from the the ripe soil of corpses. They grow wild all across cemeteries. <laughs> hey, Murph, you might know them as their you might know them as their colloquial name booberries. Hey, yeah, boo- I, oh, I'm part pardon me. I grab a handful of booberries. Yeah. Boo at because first, of I a you spooky said, cemetery. At first, I thought you said grape berries, and I thought that that was insanely weird. I mean, they are purple, but, but you but meant they... grave berries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Roll a nat twenty on a nature check to find <laughs> uh, real grave berries that are real. As you roll, can you explain what you wanted to do with the grave berries? <laughs> Fell off the table. Doesn't count. Doesn't count unless God it's twenty. Damn it. it was a five. Beverly is dead. Oh no. Okay. Uh, what do I add to it? He said it had to you be a nat 20. Said it had to be a nat 20. <laughs> well, I did get a four. You got a four. Okay. Uh, you pick you, up dirt. You find a grape, weirdly enough. Like okay, these, that'll work, Some of these though. kids are eating grapes. <laughs> that'll work. That is my grape. That's <laughs> <laughs> some of my grape. My All little right, bag well, of grapes fell, fell out of my hoodie. Well, here's a free life lesson, sharing, and I just take it. Um, and then I would like to cast Goodberry. Okay. On a couple grapes and give one to hard one, one to me. Oh, to have like one HP berries yeah. to like feed to somebody Great. if they yeah. get, if they pass out. Very yeah. smart. Okay. Cool. 
Uh, then are you guys doing anything? Because Beverly's going in. Uh, I'm saying hard one. I I mean, I think Beverly is very self-sufficient. I'm very impressed with him, but we got to get in there. Yeah. Should okay. we kill these kids? Um, You know hard one. We you can't a kill me. Day. Fuck you, dude. I, you want to fight? Like him. I like him. You know what? Hey, kids. Hey. Uh, Want to come with us? We're going to go on an adventure. What? What? I don't want to go on an adventure with you. You're stupid. Okay. These um, kids are going to alert everybody that we're here. <laughs> Here's here's five bucks, scram. <laughs> um, I for five gold I will scram. <laughs> okay, I give them five okay. gold to scram. They, these shitheads <laughs> take the five gold and just run off in the opposite direction. Okay, Sick. yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> nice diplomacy. Oh yeah. Just so you know, I didn't want to kill the kids. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just intimidating them. I know. Uh, I just, like I said. I throw my axe at them. <laughs> 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 you just hear uh, one plop down dead in the distance. Hard one. I, really I love your fighting spirit right now, but let's save it for the adults. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm pissed. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to do a quick set of push ups. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, get a pump on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a wall sit against a tombstone. Oh. Let's get the glutes firing. <laughs> Guys, Beverly is dead. He's just dead. All right. Okay. He would have wanted us to have strong-ass quads. So you guys are sneaking in? Yeah. Okay, wall behind sitting. the crowd? We're, we're sneak wall sitting Okay. In. There are there are a ton of kids, but they're going to be a little distracted by this uh, cavalcade of people all around Beverly walking mm. to the back of the chapel. Uh, so go ahead and give me a stealth check, and I will let you know if it's good enough or if uh, the kids inside are alerted to you. You guys should crouch so you look like teens. Okay. I have got a 14. 18. Hmm. Okay, so as you guys see this crowd go into the chapel, you guys sneak up behind, hiding behind headstones, and you guys slip into the church and kind of try to hide off over to the side. That's how we get the wall sits in. (laughs) So we're behind the headstones, but not like crouched. We're sort of like wall sit. Yeah, you guys have like an eye on them as they enter, and then you're able to slip in and hide behind some debris. I hope my friends are safe and that their quads are burning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Beverly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ruskak <laughs> leads you into the chapel. The chapel is this large building made of stone and wood. Uh, in the center, the main area where the pews would be, you see that those have all been destroyed and broken down to make firewood. There's this massive fire pit in the center of the room. The ceiling is very tall, and up in the wooden rafters, there are little perches that almost look like tree houses, and teenagers swing on ropes from perch to perch. <laughs> Oh, uh, Melora, this looks fun. Oh, dang, a ropes course. Yeah, and they're uh, looking down at you, Beverly, as you kind of walk through near the fire, and kids are just, like, peeking out over their little nests and stuff. Yes, the touch, the touch, the touch, the touch. What up? Fuck, hey. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I blow him a kiss. <laughs> he he uh, blows you a kiss back. I love you. Fuck I give you. Him, I give him the suck it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude, that guy looks, likes DX. <laughs> suck it, suck it, break it down. Break it down, break it down, suck it. Uh, wait, do you guys worship uh, D's nuts here? <laughs> What's D's nuts? Suck on D's nuts! Oh, so cool. Fuck you, man. You rule. <laughs> so uh, you guys see at the other end of the chapel, there's a giant stained tabard uh, that shows the hammer of Moradin, mm. uh, but it's been graffitied. It has a bunch of rips uh. in it. And then where an altar should be uh, is a crude throne made of bones. <gasps> bone throne. Bone throne. Bone throne. <laughs> pretty tight. Pretty sick. Oh, I mean, I know my my butt is burning from these wall sits, <laughs> and I would love to just relieve it on that bone throne. <laughs> 
Uh, I ask Ruskak, that's your chair? Yeah, that is my throne. Hell yeah, dude. That's rad as hell. I stole those bones from the crypt, man. Ah, what? You didn't kill them yourself? I mean, that's cool, I guess. I could. Yeah, dude, I killed them myself, man. <laughs> All right, I believe you. Do you? I dust Good. my shoulder off. <laughs> Good. I whisper to Moonshine, yo, these kids are kind of posers, huh? <laughs> I know. It should, I should point out that I am wearing, like, a beautiful white fox <laughs> cloak right now. <laughs> and I have my face painted like a juggalo. <laughs> Did you kill that fox, man? <laughs> Didn't need to. Yeah, Killed that's... itself when it saw me. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's what happened with me and the bones. I was just walking around. That was just a regular chair. And I was like, I love DX. I love wrestling. I'm going to hit you with the chair. And they just died. Tight, tight. That's what's up. That's yeah, what's fu- up. Yeah, fuck everyone, dude. <laughs> I punch him in the shoulder. <laughs> oh, dude. Should awesome. we just, like, wipe out this compound of teens? <laughs> I think we should murder them all. <laughs> we could. Let's just, let it just be known that I believe we could. Mm-hmm. I'm secretly thinking, I hope I hope Hardwood and Moonshine don't kill my new friends. <laughs> uh, so remember- just put them out of their misery, right? <laughs> I mean, what is their future? They're moderately charming as teenagers, but what are they going to grow oh, into? No. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so you guys are talking loudly enough. <laughs> oh. I'm saying this for flavor just because Moonshot, you guys needed to get a 15 or higher no! to not get spotted, but Moonshot got a 14. Mm. Uh, what so- if I got like a 14 that looks like a 15, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> if you've been in the mall? <laughs> So Beverly, uh, Ruskak takes you like behind the throne and there's this little back room. Mm. Uh, but as you guys round the corner, some of the guys in the back of the group overhear Moonshine and Hard One talking. Uh, we weren't doing anything except planning on killing them. <laughs> we were merely plotting their deaths and doing losses. <laughs> and the one one kid turns around and goes, hey, we've got company. <laughs> And then, uh, Beverly, you hear that, and you see Ruskat goes, let me handle this friend, friendo. And he turns around, and uh, hard one, or actually, they've only seen Moonshine. Okay, so I see them see me. Yes, a bunch of the kids start to walk over to you. Then I guess I'm just going to strut out and say, who ordered the stripper? Oh, shit. (laughs) Go ahead and give me a performance check. Jesus, are you going to strip for children? Please don't. (laughs) For the love of God, fail. I'm not going to strip for them. I'm just going to dance like I'm about to strip. But that being said, I got a seven. (laughs) Um, So it should be convincing, but the dance just isn't going to be good. (laughs) That's my pitch to you. (laughs) You come out and you start like strutting and saying, who ordered the stripper? And Ruskak comes out and he goes, the weird, very serious operation here. We work for hell. We do not... No one ordered a stripper. Oh, I'm he gets like real. You see, he gets real red faced. We did not order a stripper. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You, y'all know what? I think that sometimes people prank people by ordering strippers to their each other's houses. Maybe that's what happened. What are you really doing here? <laughs> okay. God, how many times I got to pivot this? Um, <laughs> I'm looking for someone to kill my husband. There you go. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Okay, I <laughs> you find our hideout. I have to bring you to the boss. Okay. All right, tie her up. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of. Hey, uh, let me do it. Give me a persuasion check. By the way, it's been really, really hard not uh, for me not to jump out and say who ordered a stripper. <laughs> I just um, want to do it for the joke. That's a uh, <laughs> nineteen. A nineteen. Okay. 
I make rope appear with minor illusion. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, let me tie her up. Ooh, I've got away with knots. Ow. Oh, God, this is chafing on my wrist. I tie it super loose. And also, oh, it's man. it's magic. <laughs> you tie a magic knot around Moonshine, but she looks to be bound. Mm-hmm. Smart. Oh, now we have a captive. Cool. We're very badass. Yeah. yeah. Break it down. DX Degeneration oh, oh, X. Oh, oh, oh. oh my. Shitty, I'm shitty so beatboxer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one the, rotten ass. With the Russian accent. Yeah, one kid has a BMX bike and just hops over the fire. Whoa, so cool, man. Oh, it's dang. like the beginning of Free Willy. I am, uh, I am praying so intently to Pelor in my head right now. <laughs> Just apologizing for being a bad team. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Also, just generally like asking for protection in this moment. Right. You see, uh, Ruskak turns to you, Moonshine, uh, and he kind of grabs your arm and your shoulder, yeah. and he goes, "Strange to see an elf in Frostwind." Yeah. Well, I'm a dirty grifter, so it's a good thing y'all got me bound. Mm, all right. Well, we'll see what the boss has to say about this. Yeah, who's your who's your boss, by the way? I work for hell. Yeah, we work for hell. We work for hell. <sighs> yeah, are you scared? I you should be scared. Honestly, the person I'm scaredest of is that little one because he is rough with tying me up. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just meow? No. What? That, honestly, that was terrifying. Stray cats, they got nothing to lose. That was scarier than anything. <laughs> all right, you're all coming. Let's go. What What is your name, by the way, new kid? Oh, uh, you can just call me Skinny D. Skinny D. Very yeah. cool name. Very cool Thank name. you, thank you. My name's Ruskak. Uh, Ruskak, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, Can D? you call me Double D? No, you are a, <laughs> you're a prisoner. You're a prisoner. Oh, Come okay. on. Uh, so Ruskak cool. grabs Moonshine. Uh, Bev kind of grabs Moonshine on the other side. Uh, and he takes you guys behind the throne. And hard one, I'll let you continue to use your stealth check. You're stealthing up behind them. There's there's plenty of fucking trash that you can hide behind. Just like broken barrels, half pews and everything that you can kind of sneak behind. Uh, and these kids aren't that smart <laughs> or good. Believe it or not. <laughs> Believe it or not. You should just throw some crick water out to them. Uh, so you're able to sneak uh, behind them as as they're uh, rounding the corner. Uh, so Ruskak takes you guys to this little back room behind the throne. Uh, it's got a statue of a dwarven warrior. It's cracked, and it looks like it was holding a hammer at one time, but that's long since been broken off. Ruskak goes, I fucking broke it off. Huh, I used say- to carry that hammer around, just say it was my hammer. Oh, is it your hammer? Where'd it go? I freaking broke it, dude. <laughs> I, just what? Ch- I got pissed, and I just chucked it at a wall, and it broke. Up Ooh, top, dude. up top. Up top, dude. Up uh, top. Top drives you. I, I sack tap him. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> you, man. Very good, very good. Uh, Bev, go ahead and roll a uh, perception check. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Can I roll a perception check? Yeah. That's a six. Okay. I really committed to the tap. <laughs> 22. Oh, 22. Okay. okay. Moonshine, yeah. you see that Ruskak is holding the okay sign on his leg, and Bev's about to look at it. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, hey, what's that on your leg? <laughs> he nut taps you. Oh! <laughs> hey, nice. dude, got you back, Last time man. you did perception you look- check, you murdered my girlfriend. <laughs> and this time it was just just for a, trail. a sweet little game, huh? I'm <laughs> so sorry, Bev. Rapport Sports has worn off. Otherwise, I would have warned you. Uh, I kind of like look at you in mouth. It's okay. 
Okay, so you guys see this cracked dwarven statue. Uh, on the one side of it are lines of prayer candles that have long ago melted away. And on the other side of it is a dark stairwell. There's an unlit torch sticking out of a handle in the wall. It smells and- like B.O. Yeah, man, it smells like shit in here. When people die, they smell like shit, dude. Yeah, I hear they they crap themselves. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean I've, I've never seen a freaking person die. Not that I mean, I could imagine what it would be like. I've never seen it, but I've seen lots of bones, and bones smell like shit, dude. I've Hard decapitated is- like five people. <laughs> I'm what? rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> yeah. Do they notice? <laughs> <laughs> your your eyes are rolling. Do super a stealth loud. check for your eye roll. <laughs> uh, so the other kids. Uh, kind of start to look nervous uh, and they start making excuses. I'm freaking hungry as hell, dude. I need to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Dude, let's go fight, man. I'm going to go look around for people to fight because I want to fight. Uh, and a bunch of, they just make stupid bullshit excuses of like why they can't go in. And slowly the crowd dwindles until everyone's just like back in the main room hanging out. And it's just uh, Moonshine, Bev, and Ruskak. Hmm. And you see Ruskak grabs this unlit torch uh, sticking out of a handle in the wall and he lights it and he goes, now we go meet the boss. Huh, about time. About time. You ready for this prisoner? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I'm pretty excited. I love meeting anyone who's uh, sort of started a business or an enterprise. <laughs> I think that sounds exciting. I do not know what you <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so he starts to go uh, down the stairwell. Hard one, are you following? Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow too. Okay, go Actually, ahead. Actually, you know what? I'm really fucking hungry. I'm going to go outside and look for uh, <laughs> some people to fight. See if I can find some blueberries. Yeah, I'm going to Hard one is kind of the grown-up version of these badass kids. No, I am not. You're not the grown-up version. You're not. Hard one wasn't this kid at some point. I was never a winter dwarf. These fucking weirdos. The summer boys are harder than this. Okay, uh, go ahead and give me a stealth check. Uh, and I'm going to have Ruskak do a perception check. As we're descending, mm-hmm. uh, what's what's my evil sense telling me? Evil as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nine. Just, you got a nine. Okay. So Bev, Moonshine, and Ruskak head down the stairs, the glow of Ruskak's torch lighting your way. Uh, You guys go through spider webs as you reach the bottom of the stairs and push open a large wooden door. Ruskak waves the torch, and you see that you are in the crypts. There are vaulted ceilings with columns separating the individual crypts and cobwebs hanging over them. There are cracked statues of dwarves next to sarcophagi, many of which have been opened and desecrated. (laughs) Ruskak points to one. Fucking desecrated that one, dude. Oh, tight. I uh, I hump one of the corpses. <laughs> oh, dude, this is so funny. <laughs> so sacrilegious, man. Yeah, it's I w- I can't believe <laughs> I'm doing this. Close a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, I hide that bad boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's burning you slightly. <laughs> so it is extremely quiet down here, and these little dwarves and this little elf did not have to push the door open all the way to get in, but hard one Shorefoot did. So suddenly there's a creak behind. Oh. Ruskak snaps his head back and he goes, what was that? I I, I hide in the dark. Can I cast Earth Tremor so that it just seems like there was a tremor? Sure. So I cast Earth Tremor. Uh, Okay, go ahead and give me a deception check. Nine. A nine. Mm. So Moonshine, you need to do like a verbal thing for this earthquake spell. Uh So you start like whispering. But I'm doing it under my breath. You're doing it under (laughs) your breath. 
Ruskag, after turning and seeing someone enter behind you, uh, he turns and sees you whispering as the ground begins to shake. And he goes, what are you doing? You are prisoners. You do not cast spells. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't understand that when I entered this prisonership. He pushes you. <laughs> All right. I just fight him. I go into a rage and I, I smack him. Oh. Uh, go ahead and uh, oh, here we roll, go. roll initiative. Okay. It's going to be 18. 18. Okay, uh, you do go before uh, Ruskak. Oh, do I roll shit. initiative? Uh, do you, Do you want to fight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to jump in. On okay, this. so you guys are just you guys are just I'm attacking this deep, kid now. Deep wall, sit in the dark. Okay, <laughs> so hard one is still hiding in the dark. I'm hoping they can just like put him in put him in order. <laughs> I got nine. This kid pushes Moonshine, and Moonshine rips off the ropes. The jig is up. Moonshine, that's your turn. All right, I'm not a symbiotic entity, but I will uh, just attack him. I'm in a rage, though. Okay, so you're going to use a bonus action to go into a rage, and then you're just going to, like, pull back a sword. I guess we'll say you had it, like, under your coat. These kids didn't check him? you. 15 does hit him, yeah. Oh, and I have extra fire damage, right? Yeah. Ooh. Ruskak, you fucking loser. Okay, so <laughs> I do... Still a teen. Still a child. I hit him for 19. Do you, do you want to kill this kid? No! This kid pushes you like, ha fuck you. You pull out a sword, go into a rage, and slash oh, him across no. this deep cut across the chest. I thought he'd be oh, way more pain. powerful. And you see blood just coming out of his mouth, and he goes, what did you do that? Okay, I cure oh, him. Oh. I cure him. He collapses. Wait. Hook, Hook killed Rufio. <laughs> this is how the movie goes. Okay, I cure him. Do you have a spell? Yeah, I have two I have two first level spells yet. <laughs> Roll a healing spell. Actually, can I give him a good berry? I'll give him my good berry. That's okay. nice. Yeah, do that. Okay, you pop a good berry in his mouth. He chews it. Good berry for a bad boy. He comes back uh, into consciousness, and he's just like barely there. He's just uh, like, what did you... Why did you... Where did you have sword? We should have frisked you. This is why I hate when we interact with teens. Because I can't just... If someone pushes me, I attack Why him. did you use sword? <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm sorry. real sorry about you this. You pushed me. I'm real sorry about this, pal. I'm not the bad guy here. You pushed me. <laughs> why did me. you use sword on me? Uh, I, I thought you were way stronger. You've been talking a big game. I fell for I it. I never fought anyone <laughs> with my sword. Oh, my God, I, <laughs> oh, I healed you. I healed you at I least. I am still so hurt. Uh, how, so, how hurt is he? He is, okay, I mean, he's I, at one I HP. give him a cure wounds. I use cure wounds on him. Moonshine, don't, don't worry about it. I'll... I'll touch hands him. Okay. I stabilize him. I give him like five. You give him five HP and he just kind of sniffles and he goes, I'm freaking fine. I'm, fuck you. Fuck you all. And he runs, he runs back and he runs up the stairs. <gasps> I, right. I grab him. You grab him. He's not, go, he's not gonna go up the <laughs> yeah, stairs. Yeah, good call. <laughs> why are you, why are you, do, who are you, why are you here? Moonshine, want me to finish him? No, <laughs> no I have my accident. Oh boy. <laughs> why do you all want to kill me? I Say the word, Beverly, he's done. Uh, I think that's probably okay. You well, sure? Yo, man, you talked a real big game. I've never met the boss. I just, uh, I walked uh, him through the crypts and, uh, and then they walked down. Okay. Joris has gone down there. He's the tough one. I'm not tough. 
Okay. Or is it up. down there? I'm a bitch. You are I a suck. bitch. <laughs> I suck. I suck. Okay, actually, this is worth hitting you. I'm glad I hate I you don't. now. Okay. I, I don't actually. I I bring them. I bring them down to the crypts. All the other kids think I go down and I talk to the bus, but I don't talk to the bus. All right. I, I tell you what. Here's here's my peace dove offering, or here's my olive branch, or my you know brambleberry branch. I'm offering you. I won't tell anyone that you've been lying. Really? Yeah, I'll 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 keep your secret. I'll say you were so badass down could you, here. Could you? Could we say that uh, the reason that I have this cut is because I fought both of you? Tell you what, I... man, I'm actually gonna give you another right, <laughs> another option. Okay. I'm gonna chop your head off if you don't go upstairs and tell all the kids up there that you're a little bitch, <laughs> and that everyone should go back to the orphanage and take care of the youngins. Ah, right, go ahead and. You give guys me a... are all little bitches. Give me an in- intimidation <laughs> check with advantage. That's a nat 20. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. You see this kid fully pisses himself and he goes, oh my god. I think that if if we do that, then the boss is going to be really bad. And he's, uh, uh, he's, uh, I, I, Joris says that it's very scary. Is Joris down there right now? Joris is down there right now. Sometimes min- I've talked to minions come up sometimes and talk to people. And the hit, oh, I do not want to make him mad. I'm sorry. He pisses himself more. <sighs> you attack me with sword and tell me <laughs> and make me urinate. Okay, just go upstairs and tell all the kids you're a little bitch. You don't have to leave. <laughs> okay. But just go up there and tell them that they're no. Could I say that I'm just not strong? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? I'm on Harbaugh's side. You gotta say. I'm a what little bitch. Just say said? that you're a little bitch and tell them that they're all little bitches. Oh, because they... you guys are all little bitches, aren't you? Sorry, bud. That's just how it's got to be. <laughs> Fuck you. You're the weak little winter dwarf, no, aren't you're you? you're a summer dwarf. I'm going to go. You're goddamn his, right uh... I'm a summer dwarf. <laughs> I take his skull mask off uh, and I bitch slap him with it. <laughs> oh, why? I spank him with the broad <laughs> side of my axe. This is bullying. <laughs> Give him a handshake and I say, hey man, you know, I, good sportsmanship, all is cool between us. Okay, I like you the most, even though you almost killed me. All right, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Ah! You oh. sprints up the stairs. I hate these little teens. So now we got to stealth down into this crypt, right? Okay. That's where George is. for the better. These guys didn't know shit. They never even been down there. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking all a big right. game. Let's lock that door behind us, though. Smart. Let's do it. I feel strong when I fight teenagers. I yeah, feel un- absolutely terrible. It is deeply distressing. <laughs> we gotta delve into that later. Hard one did need to kick somebody's burden. ass. <laughs> By the way, I'm so glad that y'all are back. Whew. <laughs> Being nasty is hard. <laughs> I give uh, Beverly a rad lad handshake. Yeah, <laughs> All me right. Too. I uh, I tap hard one sec. <laughs> I say I say Beverly. I don't flinch. No. Oh, <laughs> nuts of steel, you just brother. Qu- quietly throw up a little bit in your mouth and swallow it. That's right. <laughs> I said, Beverly, do you maybe want to apologize to that corpse you thrust your junk in the face? Absolutely. Of? Yeah, I think maybe you have a I little I prostrate bit. myself in front of it. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you and all of your descendants and ancestors. Yeah, so, I just think it's good juju. A Absolutely. Life, breezy cave wind comes through and the bony <laughs> hand just spanks your butt. <laughs> Ever so slightly. <laughs> I deserve that. Fuck you. <laughs> Shall we descend? Yeah. I think, I think it's so. time. So you guys keep walking down through this first level of the crypts. Um, and you walk to the other end of the hall and you see another stairwell. And you see down the stairwell, you see like a little bit of a glowing light in the distance. 
Just regular light? Yellow torch light. Okay. But it's like, it's clearly like you got to descend down the stairs and maybe there's a door closed down there or something. It's not bright. Mm-hmm. Let's creep. Yeah. Cool. So Hell or be with us. Creep. So you guys descend the stairs and the light at the bottom gets brighter and brighter as you get closer to the second level. You find another doorway here, uh, but this one does have some light underneath. You see the glow of torch lights and you can hear footsteps on the other side. Maybe let's uh, maybe let's listen and, and see what we can yep. hear. Yeah, do we want to do a, a, a triple press on the door? Triple yeah, press. All triple right. press. Okay, let's go. Uh, hard uh, one on top. <laughs> everybody in the middle. <laughs> everybody, give me a perception check. Hell yeah! Dude. I got a nat mm. one. What do I perceive? <laughs> uh, you don't I even a, hear footsteps. I got. I, know I said that in the description. You don't hear it. <laughs> twenty, not nat. Okay. Also twenty, not nat. Twenty, not nat. Okay. Nat, nat, not nat. Bev and hard one, you guys hear very, 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 very faint chanting. You hearing that? Sounds like very, very, very faint chanting. Yeah, I can barely hear it, but it's definitely chanting. Yeah, I, I also hear that. <laughs> nice. I agree. And it yeah. goes sort of like... It's like... What were you saying? Uh, it didn't sound like, like that ch- to me. Chanty, chanty, chanty. Shanty? Someone's singing a shanty song down there? Yeah. Yo, ho, ho. Moonshine in her head just replaying slashing a teen across the chest with a sword. Oh, I can't believe what I did to that youngin. I can't believe it. No, it's okay. He'll he'll lie about that scar, and everyone will think he's cool. That's uh, true. Yeah. You know what? I made him more beautiful. And Scars then are a beautiful thing. Yeah. Sounds like this guy might be calling the devil up, right? Mm. Some chanting. Do, I mean, yeah. Is can we do? Does, um, is it loud enough that we can do a check? It is clearly not in this next room. Okay. So you guys with a twenty were able to like faintly hear. You hear like a sort of a nice. hypnotic, repetitive group talk cool let's creep into this yep okay uh go ahead is everybody going at once what are you guys doing i'll go first bev go ahead and give me the conga sneak (laughs) bev give me a stealth check (laughs) (laughs) um well my stealth is zero but still 16 yeah I pulled out the monster manual to look at this dude's stats but there's really no reason to do it because he rolled an at 20 fuck so, Bev, you creak open the door, and as soon as you do, this dude wearing a black robe with his hood over, like, just happens to be, like, walking by at the exact moment. You see he turns and looks at you, Bev. Same white skin and missing black sunken eyes. Oh, not that, these bozos again. Yeah, that you saw at Smuggler's Bounty. Yep. You see he looks at you with these vacant eye sockets. And then suddenly he gets these like flaming pupils um, and then they go away and he goes, I will take you to the bus now. I'm ready. Um, I, I guess, guess I kind of like gonna... behind my back, like signal for y'all to follow, but stealthily. Yeah. Hard one and Moonshine, go ahead and give me stealth checks. God damn, I'm rolling well. It's 21. Hi. 16. Hmm. Bev, you begin to be led down this hallway. Moonshine and Hard One, you guys wait for a second. You see that to your left, there's just one room there, and another robed dude comes out and uh, follows behind where, like, Beverly is. Hey, Hard One, I think we need robes. 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Is there only Jack. one robed guy? How many, do we see any robes? You, all you robes? see is, you guys are like at the end of this hallway. To the left, you see one room that this guy just walked out of that uh, did his perception check and failed it to see uh, Hard One and Moonshine. Um, walks up and joins the guy who's kind of escorting Beverly down the hall. But is he trailing behind? He is trailing behind Beverly. I think we and- could share a robe, right? Or we could just take both of these guys that are with Beverly. But one of them is leading Beverly, so we need him to lead the way, mm-hmm. right? Do we? I don't know. Mm. Interested. Okay, yeah, let's go for it, I guess. <laughs> or we could also just keep, let them walk okay, a little further okay. and see if anybody else comes Okay, up. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you guys are following Beverly and Yeah, I'm too, I'm too curious to okay. see where this mm. leads. Yeah, so you guys... Yeah. So Moonshine and Hard One start following Bev and these two robed dudes down the hallway. Uh, You see the walls are lined with stone with torches lighting the way. You see as um, Beverly walks with these two guys ahead, there are more guys with robes um, walking in the corridor ahead of you guys. You guys begin to catch up to these other guys. Um, you see a lot of the guys with robes are entering double doors at the very end of the hallway, and you hear when they open the doors, the chanting gets louder. Um, but to the left, before the double doors, is another door that's being guarded by these two dwarves in, like, blackened leather armor with daggers at their sides. These guys all have, like, the missing sunken-in eyes uh, and uh, pale white skin. Uh, and these robed guys open the door and gesture for you to go in. Alone? Who else would you go with? Obviously, with the hatred of the living in my heart, I walk in. Okay. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, Beverly, you enter a surprisingly cozy room. It's Mm. lit by a burning brazier uh, that gives it an orange glow. There are bookshelves lined with books, many of them stuffed with notes and mismatched papers. It looks more like somebody's notes and maps than someone's literary collection. There's another door at the other side of the room. Then there's this big oak desk uh, with a pale human sitting at it. Uh, He's got slicked back black hair and wears full black plate mail. He's got this big glaive on his back and his features are very fair and elegant, uh, but his eyes are red. You see that his pupils are normal, but in the red iris, there's a little bit of movement to them as if his eyes are alight with flame. He's sitting in this large chair lined with deep purple cushions. And uh, as you walk in, he gestures to some chairs on the other side of his desk and he goes, please sit down. Sure thing. Uh, I, I sit. Uh, you see this imposing figure uh, looks at you, and he goes, Would you like any wine? Uh, it depends. Do you have red or white? I have red. I have an elven red. Oh, that sounds lovely. He pours you some wine, mm. uh, and he passes it across the table. Gladeholm vintage? It's from Gladeholm. Oh, this is good stuff. And it's very good. Yeah. So you're a paladin. Uh... I mean, in, in some ways. What does that mean? I mean, I've, I've devoted myself to certain uh, pursuits. Who did you devote yourself to, boy? <laughs> I clenched my amulet. <laughs> I, I pray to Pelor in this moment, asking for what to say. Uh, go ahead and give a religion check. 
I uh, I knock on the door and I say housekeeping. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Okay. Um, okay. I got a uh, 18. You can kind of gather just logically, and maybe this is Pelor speaking through you, or mm-hmm. maybe this is just you <laughs> scrambling to think of something to do or say yeah. in this moment. There's no real good way to go about this. Uh-huh. Okay. I chuckle a little bit. <laughs> I devote myself to the highest bidder. Hmm. Not much of a paladin, then. Suppose not. But... In these times, it's hard to be much of anything. Go ahead and roll a deception check with disadvantage. I can sense your holy power, boy. Oh! <laughs> Shout out to the two crows. <laughs> <laughs> Devastating, too. You know, the two oh. always show up in the... In the other the... one was really a 17. Should, we should get a, get a two tattoo. I know, <laughs> it really did. I it, think that's it what we It follows get. us. It, it both haunts and delights yep. us. It's the two, Barry. I really wish I didn't have to do this. I wish you were a man of honor. Uh, and he casts Zone of Truth on you. Go ahead and make a charisma saving throw. Oh, shit. Oh, but Bev's charismatic. And you get to add four to those. Yep. Oh, it's plus seven. Yeah. Uh, so that's 24 plus my extra four. 28. 28. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he knows his Zone of Truth fails. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks at you impressed. Well, you're stronger than you look. People say that. It's not often that we get a paladin of your caliber. I like to say paliber. That's just me. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. Do you? I like to keep it light. Mm. I like to keep it dark. (laughs) I think I'm going to like working for you. So you see he kind of gets up and he starts pouring some wine and he goes, there's no need to lie. We've already met. Oh? I feel like I'd remember your face. You didn't see my eyes looking at you? You didn't see any of my minions? Any of the members of the Order? You know why they don't have eyes, right? That was like aesthetic, like they're wearing like black contacts or no, something? No, 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 Their eyes are my eyes. Hmm. So you know. I know everything. Tell me, Beverly. Have you ever heard of an anti-paladin? I mean, from context clues, I can gather, but no. The Dark Lord offers a path to power to anyone who would follow him and forsake their current god. You'd become much stronger. These minions I have out here, these eyeless men, they get little tricks that the Dark Lord gives them, but a paladin of your caliber, you would be strong. You wouldn't be a minion. You would be an ally. Would I be able to protect my friends? Theala thinks that she's winning this war, but we lurk in the shadows, and when the Nine Hells come for this realm, you'll want your friends and your family to be protected. I clench my fists. What's your plan? Hmm. I think it's important I don't divulge too much at this moment. Play close to the chest. See, you're about as smart as you look. Thank you. Do you like this form of mine? I mean, I'm 
Always game to see a costume change. Mm. There are the eyeless, but then there are the faceless, the hollow bodies. This is a hollow body. This is not my prime body. Who's your tailor? My tailor? <laughs> Renee. Renee. <laughs> Have you heard of Renee and Esri? Yeah, they're great. They're, wow, yeah. Mm. Listen, I might need to chew this over. This is a big life choice for me. Hmm. Perhaps you haven't undergone enough tragedy in your life yet for you to choose this path, but there will come a day when Polor will prove himself weak and you will turn to me and I will grant a miracle. And he reaches into his pocket. He pulls out a gold coin and it's got an engraving of a triangle with a circle in the middle. It looks kind of like the symbol of Osmodius, but it looks like kind of a new take on it. This is kind of a new take on the symbol of Osmodius. <laughs> Rebrand, yeah. Yes. My dad made it. This is my dad's symbol. Gritty reboot. Hmm. It's a <laughs> um, and he hands it to you. Don't hesitate to call me if you're ever in trouble. I hope that I'm never that unfortunate. Hmm. But no. I guess we all hope for that, huh? We do. No. Go get your friends. This is silly. Hey, everybody. It's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore. And you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they are the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, 
Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I guess I walked to the door. <laughs> Housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> My butt is super clenched. Hi, I'm uh, coming around collecting the robes. Gonna hey. throw, do a load of wash. Y'all, I don't really he knows. But can we just say that Moonshine, Moonshine and I walk in sharing a robe? <laughs> <laughs> Please. I'll say that you guys hit around a corner and you, a guy had gotten his uh, robe kind of stuck on a nail or something and uh, <laughs> left a ripped robe and you guys are sharing one one blanket. Um, hi, I have flames for eyes and I'm one of you. <laughs> Ooh, boo. Hey. <laughs> he knows. Oh, Sit okay. down. Sit can, down. Please. All right. Can I keep the robe on? Uh, yes. I, cool. It looks fetching on you. Yeah, I came in here prepared for battle, but it looks like we're just having a meeting. Yes, would you like some wine? It's an Absolutely. elven red yeah. from Glade Home. Do you have yeah. any uh, Crick Vintage? Crick Vintage. I start rooting around. <laughs> Do not root around. <laughs> just looking for Crick water. I thought this was a classy establishment. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, we're, this is kind of like a foreign experience, you mm, know. We're I trying see. We're trying something new. Yeah. <laughs> We aren't in hell proper, by the way, right? Does you're in a basement? Yeah, what are you doing out? There of could hell? have been like a portal. What am I doing out of hell? Yeah, bud. <laughs> Give me the dwarf. What dwarf? I know you have him. I, uh, I saw myself you everywhere. Leave. No, we uh, no, he's on the ship. Interesting. Yeah. Would you trade him for some information? What kind of information? Do you want to know the man who threw the knife? I already know the man who threw the knife. Do you? Yeah, yeah that's information it's that we already know. more in That's hilarious. The wall master himself. <laughs> what, what does it matter? What does it matter who killed her? Does it not matter to you? I don't give a shit. She's dead. We were broken this up. This is good. Hard one. I'm, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Don't let your emotions tempt you into some sort of deal with this unsavory character. I am over that dwarf. Go ahead and give me a deception check. Shout out to the two crew. Oh, boy. Um, you seem a little torn up about it. I am crying a little now that I speak of her. <laughs> Very well. Then, if a trade's not possible, I'll have to kill you. I, 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 wait, I go to Bev and I say, this is ill said in hollow body. I think so. Okay. Although, wait. You mentioned your father. My name is Akarat. Okay. Mm, I read your letter. Did you? I can read. Yes, I know. You stole my gem. I bought that gem fair and square. Thank you. I'm very precise. (laughs) In fact, you rooting around through my drinks. I need to reorganize these in alphabetical order. Is your father Ilsid or is your father... My daddy is Ilsid, yes. Your daddy Ah. is Ilsid. Yes. I thought, you know what... Well, I won't take out my personal grievances with Ilsed on his son. Right. You're lucky I don't kill you all right now. You've stolen from me. I'm offering you an out because I see well, a lot of potential Well, your daddy stole from me. Here. What did he steal from you? My aunt. Slash maybe my mother, but don't tell. Mm. <laughs> Wait, what? Maribel. Yeah. You familiar? I'm very familiar. 
well, good for you. We both lived in hell. She yeah. lived down the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same cul-de-sac, probably. Same cul-de-sac. <laughs> we were both really rude because it was hell. <laughs> yeah, I am not surprised. And you know what? You know her better than I did, and that is your dad's doing. So mm. maybe we can just trade the dwarf for Maribel. I spill some wine. <laughs> Shit. I can bring <laughs> I can bring back Maribel. But not for the dwarf. The dwarf is mine. If one of you were to pledge yourself to the Nine Hells, I would be able to grant a miracle. And he looks right at you, hard one. What sort of miracle? Could bring someone back. Anyone? As long as we had a piece of their hair, blood. In general, I would like to just put out... An opposing idea that death is as beautiful as life and our living forms and our dead forms may all be part of a beautiful cycle and death may just be the denouement of a very good story. Just muddle that over. That's true. Hardwood's touching more. the hilt of the knife that killed Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody. The only one who can grant true resurrection on this plane is Theala. But... If I have blood or a body part, I can help you resurrect her. But you wouldn't resurrect her as Gemma the Dwarf. She might be something else, right? I could bring her back as some kind of twisted nightmare version of herself just on my own. But if one of you were to join me, I would bring her back as she was. Y'all, do not fall for this. Hard one goes to his knee. I want Gemma back. But I can't... I can't reasonably bring her back and know that she's not safe. You have to tell me who killed her. Who killed Gemma Bronzebeard? Is it the man who paid for the hit? The one who gave the order? Both. The man who threw the knife? All. The one who snuck in the man who threw the knife? Everyone. Dang, this is a conspiracy. Yeah, it's a real pipeline. Yeah. Give me a list of all their names. If you were to join the Order and dedicate your soul to the Nine Hells, then that would just be company business. You would be privy to that information. You'd be in the inner circle. Hard one? I can't can't join the club without knowing the information. I don't trust you. Not any more than you trust me. I'm a man of my word. Give me one name. Do you want to meet the man who threw the knife? I have him in the next room. Yeah, bring him in here. He's not in a position to be brought in. What the hell does that mean? He's sleeping. He stands up. He walks to the door at the other side of the room. And he opens it up. And uh, it's pitch black in there. He grabs like an unlit torch. And he lights it for you. And he hands it to you. Okay. (laughs) Be cautious in what gifts you accept from this trickster. BRB. Okay. 
I give a weird peace sign and I go into the room for a second. I give a I give a weird peace sign, but I do it like really, really heartfelt. I do a deep nod to the weird <laughs> peace sign. I feel it in my heart. <laughs> I hold out my entire hand. I can't even try. I try I do a weird hang loose <laughs> <laughs> and sort of shake it arrhythmically. <laughs> We're hanging tight. <laughs> Can we go in with him? Yeah, you mind if I poke around in there? What do you say, Akaret? Very well, but you'll stay back here with me. I don't want anyone escaping. Sure, you smell nice. Is that myrrh? It's Axe body spray. <laughs> That's all we have in hell. <laughs> Can I open another elven bottle of wine? Let me open it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, he, he I, very got it. I got it. No, I this got is a it. weird opener. I, this I is a... pull it and half the cork <laughs> oh, comes the out. Co- oh, this is terrible. Oh, great. You should have is... let him use the rabbit. No, I'll dig it out. No, I'll dig need, it out with the cork. It. You're getting the cork in the wine. You're getting the cork in the wine. <laughs> Just don't let it decay for flare. too long, Moonshine. You got to drink it straight away. <laughs> so Akarat kind of puts his hands on Moonshine and Bev and holds you guys at the back of the room. Uh, up against the wall, and hard one. You have this torch. You're in this dark room. I guess I cast some light across the room. Cool. You see that there is a dwarf tied up in a chair, hunched over, uh, hair covering his face in the middle of the room. Uh, I'm going to go over to him. You go over to him, hunched over. He seems like he's knocked out or something. Uh, I want to cast... Is there anything else in this room? Can I wave the torch around to the other walls? empty room. It almost looks like a prison cell. Like it's all stone. Gotcha. Oh, Alright, so I'm gonna rip back his uh, hair. There's no face there. Suddenly, Akarat's face appears in the dwarf's face, and he goes, should've given me the dwarf. And he stabs you in the ribs. What? Shit! <gasps> you see, like, on his hand is the like a ring of feather fall. The body that he used. Oh, so shit. Akarat it killed her. It was Akarat. So, hard one, you are stabbed in the ribs. Moonshine and Bev, you guys see this. No! Oh. Hard one! Hard one! So, this dude. I go into a rage just from seeing that. Okay, this dude auto crits because he's an assassin. Hard one, go ahead and give me a constitution saving throw to see how much the poison hurts you. Okay. 23. 23. Okay. Ooh. So, you nice. only take half of the poison damage. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Ain't bad, ain't bad. Still a lot of oh, dice. So many dice. I hate that noise. Mm-hmm. So you take 22 poison damage. Yowchiwawa. And another 32 damage. Wow. 32 plus 22. Oh. 54? Yeah. All so right. you're still up. Yeah, I'm still up. That's good. Okay. Everybody roll initiative. Oh. All right. You guys see next to you is this other Akarat body. You see he just has this void face, just this foggy black face, uh, but he grabs a giant glaive uh, from his back. Okay, and he goes so to we got it. two bods, right? So you guys got two bods. Two right. bods. I had 22 for initiative. This bod got a 16. I get to reroll once. You should call this the bod- <laughs> You should call this the bodacious battle. <laughs> uh, I rerolled my one and got a two. Two. Okay. Shout, Shout out, out to, the, to the two crew. <laughs> Some devastating twos. Fuck you to the two crew. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. I love you. Hard one, you go first. Um, I think I'm going to swing my axe at this uh, little dwarf bastard that stabbed me. Go ahead. It won't hurt me. 28 to hit that little bastard. That hits? Yeah. Murph, is the yeah. the face hole, is it like hollow? 
when there's not a face on it? It is like foggy and black. It looks like the way the minion's eyes look. This guy has a full foggy face. And you see that it is not in complete control of its faculties when he's not controlling it. Yeah. As opposed to like the ah, eyeless. So it's weak. As opposed to the eyeless guys who are kind of like, you know, very intelligent. Yeah. Who are kind of just like intelligent zombies who can like follow orders and speak and do all of this. This dude can't speak. They have very anything. low AI. Right. Uh, 13 damage for that guy. 13 damage, okay. Take my second attack. And I think I'll re-roll. <laughs> I'll use a luck point. <laughs> there you go. So I can try to hit him. And I rolled a four again. He deftly dodges the second attack. Uh, um, then I'll use my action surge okay. to try to hit him one more time. Not messing around. 21 to hit. 21 hits. You're not going to be able to kill us all. Give us the dwarf. 13 damage. And my second attack is a natural born one. Oh, <laughs> so hard one is just bleeding out. So tempted oh. to resurrect Gemma in that one moment is just swinging like a madman against this little dwarf who's uh, just like you doing little rolls. killed my girlfriend. I did not kill her. I did not put in the hit. It brought me no joy. We're basically official, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is Moonshine's turn. So Moonshine, you're in the back of the room next to um, Akarat's uh, armored body. All right, I'm going after that bod. Okay. Does a 17 hit? 17 does not hit. Damn! Uh, all, right. all right, well, I'm still gonna, I'm still going to Halo Sporism for 12. Okay. Does he take it? Does he, he does take it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does he enjoy it? I hawk a poisonous loogie. God, it's good to be <laughs> back. Oh, that's gonna stain the armor for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that is that guard's turn. He's going to uh, swing down on Moonshine. He takes three Bam, quick swings with his glaive. And he's going to, he hits twice. Glaive a, uh, a sword What's or he is it a sword? Okay. He hits both times? He hits twice out of three times. He got 17? Yes. Oh, that's- He got a 21 and a 19. Impressive. <laughs> Very good. People are good just like you guys are good. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a real fight, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's just I'm used to fighting teens, I guess. <laughs> you see what I did to their leader? Uh, he does 22 damage to you. What kind of damage? Uh, regular old slashing damage. Then don't I only take half? You take I'm half. Enraged? Oh, nice. Woo! Nice. Moonshine. Yeah, baby. Moonshine, are they stronger or less strong than Ruskak? Uh... A, a little stronger than Ruskag, okay. if you can believe it. <laughs> Just <laughs> this void-faced zombie weirdo swinging haphazardly uh, into Moonshine manages to slash twice. He got three. Uh, he got three attacks, if you can believe it. And that is the assassin's turn. He's going to back up from Hard One. Hard One, go ahead and make an opportunity attack. Yes. Don't run from me, you little. Bitch, I crit on him. You oh, crit. Yeah. yeah, that's right. How's it feel to get um, all the dice rolled on you? Doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> Cut me down. 34. He, You like fully chop off one of his arms and just unfazed, uh, he hops back and he throws a dagger at Moonshine. Don't I get a second attack? No, it's just oh, an only. opportunity attack. Bring it on, come on. Because he's trying to get, you identified get me that sneak attack. Ugh. As a strong... Opponent. 21 to hit. That's going to hit. God damn. <laughs> he, does, he only gets his assassinate ability of auto crit on the surprise round. So mm. this is just a normal sneak attack damage. Akarat, uh, I hate how much you love your dad. 
I love my dad. I just want to please him. Ah! Uh-huh. Uh, go ahead and give me that a constitution. Weird, go ahead and give me a constitution saving throw, Moonshine. 15. 15 does not do it. Oof. All right. Oh, wait. Yes, it does. Yeah! 15 does it. Okay, so you'll, only ta- you'll take half of this poison damage. Yeah. And a quarter. That's right, At bitch. That. You think I don't know poison? I know poison. You don't take a quarter of it. You just take half. You don't get hit against uh. poison. 13 poison damage. That ain't nothing. And then 26 other damage, so 13 more damage. 13 more damage. 26 damage is all you're trying to do? He throws another dagger at Moonshine. <laughs> Bring this on, one misses. Come on. And he gets an 18 to hit. That hits. Uh, go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. 13. Okay, that fails. 29 poison damage. That's just straight damage. And then another 15 damage halved. So seven. Okay. And that is Bev's turn. All right, I'm going for the uh, the armor. Okay, go for it. Yeah, all right, I'm going to start with a Divine Smite. Cool. Or I guess I'll just do a normal attack. Watch out, this is one nasty lad. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, nasty, I want him on my team. He will join me someday, hard one. 21. 21 hits. All right, uh, so with this, I'm going to do a Divine Smite for my first attack. Okay, go ahead. I launch towards him, try and like get in under the armor as best I can. Let me roll the damage. It's 11 for normal damage, and then, let's see. Oh, that's going to be 3d8s. Shit. Because he's a fiend. fiend. Okay. So 11 plus. I'm a little fiend. (laughs) Don't say it like that. I'm a fiend. 16 plus 11. Okay, Uh, 27. Yeah, 27 damage. Yeah. Sweet. Well done. Uh, And for my second attack, uh, I'm assuming I'm within close range now. Yeah, of course. Uh, I grab my amulet, Mm -hmm. and I want to shove it inside the hole in his face and just hold it there for as long as I can. Oh my God. Okay, go ahead and give me a, give me a spell attack roll. Okay. That's 18 plus seven. That's gonna hit. Woo! Woo! Nice. As I'm punching in, I say, loving your dad is kind of my thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to let you do divine smite damage Mm -hmm. on him here. So yeah, you shove the amulet into his face. It explodes in white light. Go ahead and do another 3d8 damage. And you see his connection to the body is like broken. This thing collapses. Cool. So um, he's not able to control both at the same time right now, but do 3d8 okay, damage. Okay, great. Pl- plus the just damage for the punch? Uh, just... Or just 3 d Just do 3 d okay. It's a free uh, spell attack, basically. I'll you take don't, it. You don't have to use a, uh, a spell slot or anything. But yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, 17 damage. Woo! 17 damage. Dope. So you, yeah, you shove the amulet in this dude's face. Mm-hmm. Explosion of white light. You see some kind of spell is broken and this body collapses. Okay. If you would like to like use your turns to just hold this amulet in this dude's face, hmm. I'll allow that. All right. Uh, okay, cool. That's my turn. I think I've got an idea for what to do next time. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Hard one, that's your turn. I'm going to attack the assassin. You don't want to do this. I crit on him again. Jesus Christ. I do want to do this. I think I do. (laughs) I liked my girlfriend very much. 23 damage. Finish this assassin. Ooh. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah. You know this won't hurt me, and this won't bring her back, but I can bring her back. Or rather, I can help you bring her back. Tell me who ordered the hit. Why would I do that? It's clearly his dad. You're not in the order. 
I'll go. I'm going to join the order. I'm going to join the order right away as soon as you tell me who ordered it. <laughs> Just kill this useless hollow. Ah, fine. I fucking <laughs> <laughs> chop off his head and kick his dumb little <laughs> face over to the uh, the guy with the void head and the, <laughs> and the amulet in it. <laughs> oh, whoa! Hard one. Hey, very, nice work. very unceremoniously beheads him uh, and kicks the head. And you guys are out of combat right now. Hmm. His head does not regenerate while Bev has the amulet in his face. Keep the amulet in his face. Let's okay. go root around his fucking office. It really uh, tingles. Yeah, that's a good call. Let's let's dig through his office. Okay, so you guys, I'll stay here. I guess <laughs> he's really heavy. Should we? Yeah, should we uh, try to help Bev kid? Kill oh, should guy? we kill? Okay, so yeah, yeah. Well, I so we still have to kill this body. You do whatever you'd like. I just want to go to town on this body and just chop it up. Make make some uh, hollow body sashimi. <laughs> Let's turn this fucker to mincemeat. <laughs> <laughs> Did someone order a tartar? Aracat negamaki. <laughs> no, for real, we should eat this guy. <laughs> uh, you guys carve up this body, and he does not come back. Hey, hard and one, what size armor are you? Extra, extra large. <laughs> uh, what size armor is this? It's just regular large. Do you want it's some? a regular extra large. Well, I mean, let's take this armor, right? Yeah, it's just black plate mail. Is it better than what hard ones? No, wearing? it's just regular plate mail. Ah, oh, whatever then. Uh, I kick it. <laughs> hey, hard one, you want to kick some armor? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and look at your amulet. Oh yeah, and, go for uh, it. And get some HP back. I'll take a glance at the amulet too. Take a glam. And then can I prop up this armor and just sort of go at it like a punching bag? I yeah. still have some anger issues. Yeah, you guys just carve up this body. He didn't have anything uh, special on the body, did he? Like any items or notes or anything like that? You do not find anything on the body. Okay. Um, I do want to use my mage hand to grab the feather fall ring off the assassin, though. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Anyone want that? Yeah. Well, right. I, I don't really need it. Hard one probably needs it more. I could use a pinky ring. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, looks... no, put it on your toe. Oh, like a so true summer dwarf. Embrace it. I You're love like... DMD. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a perfect fit. <gasps> Holy shit, it looks so good on your on your second toe. Into me. Yeah. <laughs> now your left foot is always a little above your right foot. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna also swipe some of this elven wine. Cool, yeah, you, that seems you, good. You swipe some wine. Okay, y'all. There is some sort of demonic operation outside of here. Yeah, Joris is still here, and we did say that we would help catch it out as best we could. That is a good call. Oh, he was being initiated. He's probably in that room with all the hooded fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We should head there, but first, uh, can we do like a quick? scan of this room to see if there's anything worth uh, taking, any notes, any documents. Especially maybe some robes so we can oh, stealth our way into Robes, that anything possibly magical. Go maybe. ahead and make investigate checks. Ooh, I got a 18. Oh, me too. And I got a shout out to the two crew. Ah, uh, wow, a lot of twos this episode. You know, if you're not going to get a good one, you might as well get a shout out. Ooh, a lot of juicy two berries plucked <laughs> from the patch. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, Moonshine, you find a small wardrobe with some robes. Is there a double XL in there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it, but it's for a dwarf. <laughs> it's for a dwarf, so it's really Human wide, small. but it's kind of like not tall. 
so Moonshine's able to find these robes, and then Bev, you start yep. looking through the bookcase, and you're you're kind of flipped through some of these books. You start pulling out like some of these notes and stuff that are kind of stuffed in some of the binders and books, and the name Gemma Bronzebeard sticks out to you. Oh, and you see that there are notes, and you see that it is written in kind of like broken common, like this is not this person's first language, okay. like they speak another language. It's a little, um, it looks like somebody was just taking notes, like watching somebody because they're, uh, the names Gerard Coldane and Gemma Bronzebeard stick out to you. Huh. You see uh, it says, welcome party, Vineral. Uh, it also says Cold Iron Keep, second floor. It has a little picture of like, presumably like where Gemma's was staying in the keep. Uh, and then you see under Gerard Coldane, you see Hunt. You see like a little map of like a hunting lodge beyond the walls. Um, and you see uh, written winter wolves, an arrow pointed at it. Guys, I think that Gerard is with the winter wolf somewhere. He was supposed to be on a hunt, okay. but- that means he's safe then, right? I scan the note to see if there's an indication that he's still alive. Everybody give me an insight check. Okay. 11. 18. Uh, 13. Hard one. You don't know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) There is a map. There's a map. There's a little map. And Bev, Bev kind of reading the note to you, you realize that this was obviously some kind of spy following these people. So whether or not, like, Gemma's notes are from when she was alive... You know nothing about what's going on with Gerard Coldane. Listen, you don't take someone out on a hunt if you're planning on keeping them alive. You as think far as assassins go. The Winter go. Wolves. I don't. I don't know who to trust in this town anymore. The Winter Wolves might not be behind it, but somebody's keeping track of their every yeah, move. Yeah, and Akarat's got. Yeah. You know, he's got his, his dirty little fingers and everything. Yeah. All I right. Think well, chances aren't good, but we got to follow up on this when we're out of this uh, citadel. Suddenly, you guys hear a beast wailing. Do you hear that beast wailing? got initiated. <laughs> Uh-oh. Just a roaring. Yeah, right, let's I head pocket for the beast. and go towards the beast. Yep. Are you guys just running, or what are you guys doing? Yeah, let's run to the... Let's... I guess let's see it. Or do you want to put the robes on? Uh, put the robes on. Yeah. Robes I think we, we make a, a beeline for the beast sign. Cool. Robes you can put on pretty quick. So you guys <laughs> throw these robes on ever so quickly. Um, you guys open the door. You see that the two guard guys that were outside the door are gone now. Um, you hear that there is now loud chanting coming from these double doors. Let's, Should we bust in? Yeah. I, well, we don't have to bust. We just we walk just in. Walk like, <laughs> let's go into the, this is where the beast, beast crying and screaming. Let's run. Let, let's walk really fast. Uh, you guys burst through the double doors, power walking. And you see that this room is a cave, essentially, lined with candles. The ones on the floor are lined up to make a giant triangle with a circle in the middle, like the coin that you got, Bev. Like the coin that I got. Uh, And in the middle of this circle is a dwarf teenager in rags, chained to posts sticking out of the ground. Surrounding him are a dozen eyeless acolytes in robes and these two guard guys at the door on either side of you. And approaching him is this disgusting 
swollen, bulbous beast with dark, empty eyes that droop in long bags of loose skin from its eyelids. And you get the immediate sense that this is how these eyeless motherfuckers are made. And it is just crying and roaring these large, oozing black tears uh, as it begins to approach uh, the unconscious lad on the floor. Hey, I'd cry if I looked like that, too. <laughs> and that's where we'll end our session. <laughs> no! I want to play more! You evil bastard! Daddy, let us play! Oh, Daddy! Man. Daddy! I, I can't Please, believe, Daddy! I can't believe you put a fucking amulet in the <laughs> guy's fucking face. That was supposed to be such a hard fight. Some solid shit. Yes! Some... I mean, I still got whomped. Uh-huh. So you guys still might get whomped. Still, oh, yeah. There's, still, yeah. there's a good Still there's a good plenty of room We, we got to fight this sleepy beast. You got to fight this. That was some Nazgul shit, sticking that in. Like, ah! you know yeah, I, mean? I was really hoping it was going to like permanently scar my hand or something like that. <laughs> There's still hope for you to have a permanent scar leaving this room. I mean, I already have one. I guess I'm trying to, you know, collect those two. <laughs> Scars scar? and dads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Save uh, it for the short rest, everybody. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Save it for the short Save rest. Save it for the short rest. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash nadpod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't say that. Sorry. To listen to our after show. I sang. You sang, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I sang, man. Uh, and then we got a bunch of fun stuff to plug. Uh, guys, Hot Date, me and Emily's sketch show Ooh, is on Netflix. It's on Netflix, baby. Watch it. You'll enjoy it. Buy our book. It's called Hey You Up, How to Turn Your Booty Call in Your Emergency Contacts, Satirical Relationship Advice Book. It's available on Amazon. Uh, Cole, you got stuff to plug? Ooh, uh, yeah, watch Cartoon Hell on Dropout. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff on Dropout. We mm -hmm. also have Fantasy High, the D&D Play Show uh, that me and Emily are, are a part of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake's got Lonely and Horny That's with right. Jake and Amir. If you want a free trial, how do you do that, Jake? Sign up .dropout.tv slash nadpod. Nice. So easy. Just wow. slam that into your Mozilla. Make sure they know we sent you. And guys, we hit uh, one of our Patreon stretch goals. Which Thank mean, you. Which means uh, next month we're going to start doing uh, an extra bonus episode every month. Wow. Uh, do we want to announce what it's going to be, what the first one is? The first one it's... is going to be our our young Beverly oh boy. putting on the old DM hat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. Bev's going to put on his DM cap, and our mixed bag of holding over on the Patreon uh, is going to be a session zero for that. I'm very excited to welcome you all to the land of Trinavale. <laughs> oh, Trinavale. Oh, we have to come up with a new uh, intro. Trinavale. Trinavale. <laughs> <laughs> it does need something else. Trinavale. Yeah. Sort of like Optimus Prime. Yeah. Save Welcome it. to Trinavale. Hey, save it for the mix bag, <laughs> y'all. Yeah, you're right. Oh, boy. Right. Okay, guys, uh, follow us on Twitter, at CHMurfsMe, at Jake Hurwitz is Jake, at EAxford is Emily, and at Caldy is Caldwell, and tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. We, we are, we are... Youth of the nation, we are, we are. Youth of the nation. It's the end of the show, everybody, and that means we need to shout out our benevolent council of elders. Oh, Pilar's children. Starting with Matthew M., the Bullywug Prince. Horrifying fact, Matthew actually sold his soul to Akarat, and that's oh. how all Bullywugs got their perfect teeth. Man, worth it. Brad D., the only pebble pot that isn't craven, once bravely took a nut tap from Denny and didn't 
retaliate because he knew Denny might literally die if he did. Jay Loma, 72, a.k.a. Steelbreaker, Hard Ones, Gymspiration, wears an extra, extra, extra large t-shirt to hide his rippling muscles, Whoa. one size larger than Hard One. So modest. Andrew A., a.k.a. Feldspar Lygarden, the half-elf. Andrew is half-elf, half-cat. It's hard to tell at first because you assume Andrew's ears are just pointy because he's an elf, but then you get up close and you're like, nope, that dude is a little furry. Taylor Papa the Sixth, a legendary bard to whom no idea item isn't an instrument can play a blade of grass as if it were a flute or a rock like it were a drum or even a rock like it were a flute don't ask how it works it just does and it sounds beautiful dylan b a super weak wizard who wields 12 swords does a pretty freaking decent job wielding like three or four of them which begs the question why so many swords dylan why so many swords Simon W., the bootleg of Hard One Soft Loss. Unlike Hard One, Soft Loss did take the deal with Akarot to resurrect his murdered ex, and now Aww. Simon is a cool ass Hell Knight with a girlfriend. Nice. Danny P., Bohemia's resident artist, painted Hard One's senior portrait at the Dwarfenage, took an extra 12 hours because Hard One wanted Danny to paint out the hat hair that Hard One got from his work helmet. He's very vain. Tom P., father of the realm, serenader of sleeping babies, and disciplinarian to all mean teens across Bohemia. If chapel-dwelling teens cause trouble in your neighborhood, Tom P. will be there to slash one moonshine style. Oh, brutal. Spencer Caskbrew, patron elder of libations, alemaker to gods and heroes of Bohemia alike, once made a beer so strong, Morden got tipsy and his friends had to steal his keys. Pedro E., bard of the mountains, likes to play a lute while shirtless and wearing a duster that blows in the wind. Pedro gets very cold, but damn, it looks cool. Griffin SD, a.k.a. The Stranger, the silver dragonborn eldritch knight and owner of the Badger's Pint Inn and Tavern. Since Griffin's falling out with the Badger, the Badger has sued him, and Griffin has since countersued Papa's taking the case to court. But the Badger's lawyers requested it be held outside of the crick to find a neutral ground. They're discussing the field as we speak. We'll keep you updated as the story develops. That story's getting convoluted. Beardman Dan, the longest beard in Bohemia, twice as long as hard ones. No, not not Hard One's beard, Hard One's body. Oh, that's a long beard. Scott D, an Iron Deep Dwarf who actually trademarked the phrase Summer Dwarf and sells suntan lotion with a picture of a dwarf being pantsed by a ram. Aaron C, kicked Rodian's ass even worse than Bev did. Not nice. only did Aaron pop him in the nose, he nice. also socked him in the stomach and nice. slugged him in the chest. Nice. Hermes W, the Bat King. Update, Hermes has actually created a bat empire and is now a bat emperor with many kings working under him. The bat hierarchy is getting confusing. T. Alex, a crick elf who's traveling with the other cricks to Glade home. T. Alex and Old Cobb are doing stand-up in different towns along the way, calling it the Crickwater Comedy Tour. Parker E. is immune to arcane. Tried it once with a bunch of friends and just sat there being like, I don't feel anything while all their friends were wigging out and exploding. RJW is nicknamed RJW down at the Crick. Hooked up with Moonshine in the timeout bag, or at least thinks it was Moonshine. Might have been, might not have been. Spartus, a thief who had their hands chopped off by the Iron Dwarves after stealing bread and Frostwind. 
That's hands, plural. It was two separate incidents. Dude just loves bread and does not learn a lesson. Adam Rust, real name, Adam Shiny, but Adam's armor hasn't been buffed in a while. Could really use a trip to Renee. Oh, you gotta go to Renee. She did my wedding tux. Brent B. taught Alanis magic, not wizard magic, though, the therapeutic magic of arts and crafts. Sure, the other members of the legendary party are either captured or deranged demigods, but Alanis is getting through it all by basket weaving. Cassandra MHP is a goblin that's so attractive they keep getting mistaken for a gnome. Hot, hot, hot. Danielle, the dastardly dame. Danielle is so dastardly she volunteered to be a void face, hollow body, just so Akarat could help her stab more people. So dastardly. Hugh C, a.k.a. Haldor Frostback, MVP of the Giant Wars, crewed on the SS Stormborn and fought alongside Elias and Red. The politics behind the Giant Wars have been kind of muddied over the years, so Hugh just tries not to talk about politics when he's out at the tavern. You know, that's uh, that's a choice you can make. Manny the Mundane accidental deity who got in the way of a lich's spell to reach divinity whenever you unload the dryer and there's very little lint in the filter... That's Manny cleaning it out for you. Thank you, Manny. Daniel Yu, a.k.a. Multifor, a druid who recently awakened his raccoon animal companion. Ooh. Unfortunately, the raccoon was a huge fan of Big Bang Theory and now just says Bazinga like all the time. Wow. I mean, you hate to regret an awakening because it does cost you XP. Jordan DJ, a legendary DJ of the realm, DJed the Boy King Sweet 16, at which the Boy King requested Hey Soul Sister 16 times. Jordan is such a good DJ that he managed to keep the party going. Jeffrey S., Lord of the Fjord, Born of the Sword, and Resident of Dorne. That's Ooh. right. Jeffrey is a character in the Game of Thrones universe who also exists in Bohemia, and we're going to get sued. <laughs> Cutter W, high elf dandy turned crick architect, remodels stumps by setting them on fire and just kind of hoping they burn in a way that opens up the floor plan. Lex Sketch, a master escape artist who rarely gets to use their abilities because they're a really good person and rarely get arrested, has been jaywalking like crazy in Frostwind and hoping for the best. John S., a.k.a. Schubert the Mushroom, has no idea that Theala is wreaking havoc in Galateron just above him and just imagines that all his friends, Beverly, Moonshine, and Hardwon, are up there living peacefully. Nobody tell him the truth. Ryan M., a legendary coward. Even Scoutmaster Denny has Ryan M.'s playing card on his nightstand table. Wow. Elena C., a paleontologist in Bohemia. There's no dinosaurs in Bohemia, but there's bones to suggest there once were. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew M., the calligrapher who coached Akarat to his now iconic, impeccable handwriting. Andrew M. is a brutal teacher who will wrap your knuckles with a quill. Ooh, that sounds like it feels good, though. Ricky, a.k.a. Tricky Ricky of the Cricky, does sleight of hand for the youngins down at the Crick. Even though Ricky is just a rogue doing stealth checks, they're so good, they've convinced everyone they're straight-up wizard. Andrew R., the guy who killed the villain whose bones were exhumed to make Ruskax Poser Warrior Bone Helmet. Whoa. By rights, this sick bone headwear should be Andrew R.'s. Whoa. Cannibalistic Cthulhu, former crew member of the SS Stormborn, called the Cannon Sniper. Word has it he can hit a hell dolphin through a the blowhole from a mile away. Michael McDee, head mixologist at the Blue Mana Inn. Even though Michael has invented some of Bohemia's most intricate cocktails, he still likes to unwind at home with a Bud Light. You gotta be true to yourself. Victor T, 
Balnor's boy whose loving dad was ripped from his family and transported to another world falls asleep every night worrying that worrying that the allies are creeping closer and without the help of his brave father the central powers will surely fall Shaza! Henry A. has feather fall and often uses it to belly flop off of towers for his own amusement. Ooh, that does sound fun. Lance W., Akarad's penmanship teacher. Ooh, we got two. Really upset with the way his student turned out in pretty much every regard, but god damn, he's a good scribe. Justin I., the Iron Dwarf dog. Yes, he is harrowing to look upon. Yes, he could tear your guts out through your anus, but inside he's actually a big sweetheart who thinks he's a lap dog, has crushed many laps because of this. Caleb is a warlock from New Jersey, so, you know, a warlock. He uses his powers to heat up gas station taquitos on the Garden State Parkway. I think I've met Caleb. Clayton M., a claymation dalmatian, currently battling inflammation. That's right, he has joint pain. <laughs> well, you know, when they make crossbreeds, claymation and dalmatian, you know, I can... TJM, a hill giant bard that plays soul-crushing mandolin solos on a mandolin that's the size of a human upright bass and... In his band, the upright bass is pretty much as big as your house. The professional, the only lawyer to ever successfully beat Papa in litigation. Papa later won in appeals court, but the defeat still stung. Oh, I like seeing Papa get the win at the end. Jacob C. was the plaintiff in one of Papa's more successful lawsuits. He sued the fox and the thrush for making a hot toddy that burned his tongue and now lives a very comfortable life and doesn't even have any lasting tongue damage. Elena M. signed Ilsaid's book in blood, and when he came to take her, soul she nut tapped him and he cried nice gone off recently stumbled upon a bunch of dwarfins eating rats and frostwind and it gave him an idea gone off decided to open up his own rat truck a food truck serving exclusively rodents it's not a great idea. Mick Pucks, the codemaster who created our amazing website, proud Ooh, owner yeah, of a baby. king's hammer, which could easily free Ulfgar, but Mick Pucks uses his hammer exclusively to hang tasteful little gallery walls in his house. Ooh. Earl and Kathleen L., the Frostwind power couple that was invited to the Veneral wedding welcome party weekend and decided not to go because the Venerals, quote-unquote, have no class. And they were right. The classless fucks let Gemma get murdered. You know, it's easy to tell which one's Jake wrote. Dylan M. Fights using no sword and two shields. It's a pretty badass look. He often uses two shields to make a sort of scissor-like contraption to decapitate his foes. Jive G. Talks a lot of jive. He once killed a guy using entirely smack talk. Corbin A. A talking bird who's also a bard. Currently writing the world's first Arakra rock opera. <laughs> Atlas Storm Reaper, Atlas Reap Storm so you don't have to. Head to their new brick-and-mortar storefront in Esri and treat yourself to some of their organic, hormone-free lightning. Jostrich, an ostrich jester who holds the record for longest stint entertaining the boy king before getting beheaded. Luckily, their skinny neck slipped out of the guillotine hole at the last minute, and now they're on the run. Jod speed, Jostrich. Jod speed. Jod speed, indeed. Cameron McGee, a gold medal mudsledder from the field, currently trying to pull a cool runnings and compete in an upcoming Frostwind bobsledding competition. E.L. Drag, a.k.a. the the Dragonaut, a Crick elf famous for their oops, all drags wine that's literally just the sediment. It makes your teeth look nasty, but it gets you fucked 
up. I would chew on some wine. Cameron C., a Bohemian bug collector known for their massive collection of scarabs. Even Cameron doesn't know why. There are so many scarabs in this world, but they ain't complaining. PJW buys beer for the mean graveyard teens, also buys beer for the dwarfins, but only charges them half price. Truly a public service. Daniel R., a sorcerer who has dedicated their life to the dark pranking arts. After years of study, they have finally mastered the art of blegromancy and can now make people puke on command. Quentin J., a demon who grew up in the same hell cul-de-sac as Akarat, they used to go fishing together in the Lake of Eternal Sorrow. The Bastard of Norvegia. Not actually a bastard, they just put that on their college application to Norwegia State. They even wrote their essay about being born out of wedlock. Honestly, for someone that's not a bastard, they're a pretty big bastard. Jeff of the North, one of the four elemental Jeffs. When all four Jeffs combined, they form a big, a, a being of immense cosmic power known only as Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Joshua S. owns a boutique clothing store that specializes in clothing for giants, or at least they want to one day. As of now, they've spent the last five years making a single pair of jeans. Dom R., a halfling drill car driver whose exploits have been chronicled in the popular stage play The Fastidious and the Furry-Footed. Jeremy B. tried to join the anti-paladins but got kicked out because their contact lens lenses kept falling out of their eye sockets. Logan C. commissioned a Thanos gauntlet from Morin and Oleg. It looks super dope, but Logan couldn't afford to put in any magic gems, so currently it's just got a bunch of knuckle-mounted Google eyes. Baby Duck, a cute, cuddly version of the Babadook, visits children who are feeling lonely or sad and then eats their souls. Jennifer V., a Naga assassin known as the Vicious V. Since Ooh. Nagas are half snake, Jennifer's body is pretty much 90% core, which means their V isn't just vicious, it's downright deadly. Yum. Colin G., the god of all Collins. It is thanks to their generosity that the world has been blessed with the heavenly radiance of Oscar award-winning British actor Colin Firth. Thank you, all Colin. Thank you. And finally, Matt H., the only chosen knight who Luna actually likes. Remember Luna? She was a werewolf we met at the Crick. We haven't heard from her in a while, so I thought I'd give her a friend. I did forget about her. Excuse you. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can go over to the Patreon and listen to the short rest now. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, and thank you to all of our listeners. We will catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye, sweeties. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>